over 80% of the people around don't enjoy their work. Get a good education, stable job, and raise a family. I slept on a futon until I was 36. I don't regret any of it. I just want to have some type of impact, no matter what it was. What's going on, good folks of the internet? My name is Alex, and you're listening to the 99 Career Options Podcast. Robots are the future. Whether we like it or not, we live in an era where more and more things in the world are becoming mechanized. However, the technologies that go into different machines has to come from somewhere. And this is where today's guest Pablo comes in. Pablo is working as a robotics vision scientist at an advanced technology company called iRobot. Now, if you've seen the movie iRobot, then rest assured, as far as we know, however, and this is only as far as we know though, these guys are not trying to make robots that are going to take over the world. Pablo and his team are working with computer vision and on developing and improving technologies used in robots. What Pablo is doing is helping robots to see and understand the real physical world through a camera or mapping so that the robots can interact and function without the need of a human manually guiding it. The technologies that Pablo is working with is really amazing and has so many potential uses. For example, imagine a world where blind people are given the ability to navigate easier thanks to sensors attached to a pair of wearable glasses. How cool is that? Or sitting in a driverless car which takes you from point A to point B while perfectly maneuvering all obstacles along the way. The possibilities are really endless. Having said that, I hope you're ready because let's jump into the interview with this week's guest. Here's your host, Callan Fabri, with guest Pablo Fernandez. Enjoy! Hey Pablo! Welcome to 99 Career Options Podcast. Hell, hello. Nice talking to you. Um, thank you for taking the time to talk about uh, your interesting work in your career path with us. Oh, yeah. That's a pleasure for me to to give you some advice and, and to describe a bit what my, my job is and, and, and my research and things like that. Can you tell us in one or two sentences what you do? Okay, well, so basically, um, I'm a robotics vision scientist, and that basically means that um, I'm very lucky because I have the chance to play with uh, robots on a daily basis. Nice. Um, more in particular, uh, like my area of expertise is um, computer vision and perception. So that basically means like uh, trying to understand the world by analyzing the images coming from a camera and also like information from other sensors, um, basically with the goal of building uh, geometric and semantic understanding of the world from, from a computer point of view, which is uh, very different from from the capabilities that humans uh, have for understanding the, the scenes and, and, and the world around us. Can you give me some examples of a project or a task that you worked on lately? My PhD thesis was about... Um, particular technique, which mm-hmm. is normally known as a visual SLAM. So a SLAM, is, uh, it means simultaneous localization and mapping. Uh, so that sounds <laughs> difficult, but basically it's like, imagine like we have a robot with a camera or, or, or a person like uh, wearing a, a wearable system with a camera. So the idea is like we want to estimate a map and the location of the robot of the person in the world simultaneously. So by doing this, like basically we need to take several images in, in a place and we need to extract some information, then process that information. And that's going to be the outcome of that is going to be a map mm-hmm. that the robot and the computer is going to 
uh, interpret in a way like it's going to be able to localize uh, given a new image. So basically, at the end of the day, in Visual Slam, what you want is like uh, given a new uh, image, tell the robot where it is in a certain map. And that has very um, many practical applications. So now I work uh, for a robot like we do like uh, um, home robotics. So, for example, vacuum cleaners. Mm-hmm. And we build maps of the houses uh, in a way that the robot can understand how to navigate. Yeah. And, for example, you can have the robot in the living room, but you really want to clean the kitchen. Yeah. Uh, so thanks to these uh, technologies like the Visual Slam, you can tell the robot, go to the kitchen and clean the kitchen. Because at every moment, the robot is localized uh, and knows where it is uh, in the map. Um, so mm-hmm. kind of the applications of this technology in in my PhD thesis were for... Uh, localization of humanoid robots. Uh, so I spent quite quite few months in Japan because they are very good building uh, humanoid robots, mm-hmm. um, and also like uh, did a lot of work for trying to improve the navigation of of blind people in cities. So basically, building maps of a city, and then having like a camera that and, and other sensors that we last see is like uh, blind people on a daily basis during navigation. So sort of like improving the accuracy of, of a GPS, for example, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. much more precise. With with pictures? With, with pictures. pictures. Yeah. How, yeah. Uh, how do you understand the depth in a picture? Like well, algorithms and shades and... The, the, there are multiple ways to kind of like to estimate depth from... It depends on the sensor that you are using. Basically, if you are using live cameras, uh, if you are using like a stereo camera, like it's for example, just like uh, two cameras uh, with a certain baseline. So the, the, you can estimate the depth in a very straightforward way just mm-hmm. by finding correspondences between the two images and using kind of like the known distance between the cameras. Mm-hmm. If you use a single camera, basically, in order to estimate the depth, you need to move the camera around. So you need to have some sort of translation and rotations between mm-hmm. your images, and then you can have algorithms that will match or will try to find visual features that are common between the two images. And then given those um, kind of sort of correspondences, uh, you can estimate your depth and uh, how much the camera physically moves from one one time to the to the other time and then of course if you use more advanced uh, more expensive sensors like uh, lasers or or lidars um, you already have like uh, that information um, how does a typical dead work look like for you um, well basically I mean I started a day uh, drinking a, a, a coffee and then I spent like a uh, first few minutes in the morning, like reviewing the the, the emails and, and and replying to the most uh, important ones. Uh, and after that, I always ri- uh, like to write down uh, a list of things that I want to accomplish uh, in that particular day. Mm-hmm. Also, keeping in mind, like every week, like I try to establish like one or two uh, main goals. Mm-hmm. Um, normally. I'm involved in a in, in, in one particular research project, 
And in a research project, basically, you may have um, uh, different stages. So the first step maybe is like I can do first some scientific research. So basically reading scientific publications or uh, mathematics or robotics publications to get some ideas um, and inspiration for the problem that that I, I try to solve. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it's one once I have in my mind like a clear algorithm or or clear method that I want to try to solve this problem, then I code this algorithm in in, in a programming language. Uh, mainly I work with uh, C and C plus mm-hmm. plus. Um, so normally the coding aspect uh, takes a while because uh, sometimes I may introduce errors mm-hmm. and you need to test. And check that the algorithm that that you have in mind is really uh, doing what it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after this testing phase, like uh, if it's going well, like I have to try it on the on the robot for real and see if 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 that's improving or solving the problem that that we're trying to to solve. Mm-hmm. So basically, it depends on 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 the day and on which phase of the research project I'm involved. Uh, some days I like to combine, uh, like I always like to, to read uh, scientific articles, publications uh, from the conferences to, to get some ideas, and, you know, to keep track of the, of the current state of the art mm-hmm. and do some coding and do some testing. And mm-hmm. also like, uh, uh, yeah, depending on the day, some days I have several meetings. Uh, with my uh, the rest of the colleagues working on this project, um, which is very cool about this. Uh, I mean, like like now I'm working in in iRobot, is like uh, I'm getting used to work around robots uh, <laughs> on a daily basis. So, so I work in the in the office in London, and most of my colleagues work in uh, California and Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the meetings, I normally go with a telepresence robot. So basically, <laughs> yeah, I know it sounds a bit like a big bang theory and uh, things like that, but but I found it extremely useful because basically I have um I have an app in my tablet, uh, so I can log into a, into a robot that is physically in California or Boston, and the robot like uh, using like visual slam techniques, so the robot mm-hmm. already has uh, a map. Of the of the the office building, mm-hmm. and I can tell the robot go to my boss office or go to this meeting room because I'm gonna meet my colleagues. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, my colleagues on the other side they will see like a robot come into the room, <clears throat> and the robot has like a TV screen, and they will see my face, um, <laughs> and they can interact with me. I think in a in a more friendly way. Uh, because sometimes if you use like phone calls or if you use like, like a Skype or Google Hangouts, you know, that the two persons, they need to be connected and sometimes like, oh, the sound doesn't work, the microphone doesn't work. But with the telepresent robot, I mean, the other person just goes to the meeting. They don't care if they need to connect to Hangouts or a Skype and the robot just shows up in the, <laughs> in the meeting room. <laughs> Can you put like a 360 camera on the robot so then you can have your VR and then you're there and you can just move your head to the right to look at your colleagues or to the left 
Yeah, no, I mean, the, the telepresence robot that I use, uh, we can control, uh, the camera. So we can move up and down and also rotate the camera. Mm-hmm. And we can also move the robot around. So That's we can have a better understanding of <laughs> what's going on in the room. <laughs> That's, That's very cool. Um, you just mentioned that you have a team. Like how, um, do you have, do you work on different projects? Do you work on the same project? Do you have different tasks that you have to work on? How, how does the interaction look like? Um, yeah, no, by team is like, uh, you know, we have like few engineers or few researchers that they are, they are involved in, in, in the same project. Um, and basically each of these persons we have, um, uh, a different task, uh, to accomplish or a different role in the project. And uh, depending on how difficult is the project, you may need, uh, more people or, or less people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Especially in robotics, uh, I mean, it's a very big field, so you, you need to combine like hardware aspects, mechanical aspects, mm-hmm. uh, so software design, algorithms, you need electrical and electronic engineers, scientists. Uh, so when we are building a, or designing a new robot, um, you know, we have to divide into particular teams and, and, and focus on a particular task and mm-hmm. then try to assemble all the different pieces together. Um, so what would be your advice for someone that wants to work in, um, in robotics and in computer vision, like what are the steps that they should take? And and now that you you can you can look back um, to your studying period because your studying period looks like you planned the whole way, <laughs> like it was just uh, perfectly. <laughs> well, no, you you can't really plan everything. I think no, uh, exactly. you just need to have like. A, like a goal in mind, like, okay, this is what I want to do and I want to work in, in these areas. Um, and I think if you have that clear, that goal clear in your mind, uh, you'll be doing little steps towards that goal. So you will end up working with this technology sooner or later. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Didn't you have any, any doubts during your path? Like, oh, this PhD is four years and, uh, or you were all the time motivated by the new technology and the excitement. Exciting no, happening. Uh, I think, uh, I mean, I, I, I've been always motivated. Um, and especially what I think what is, what in my case was really good in my PhD is like, it's like I had a chance to, to go abroad and, and, and meet people for, from many different cultures in Japan, in the US and meet other researchers. So kind of to open your mind. And also attending to conferences, it's, it's very cool because you see that the, the research that the, the best institutions, uh, have done in, in, in those months in, in, in a particular topic. Um, it's a lot of inspiration. You get lots of inspiration and then you think, okay, I'll try to do something better. And you work in that problem. And then if your research is very good, you try to, to write a paper, and then if your paper is accepted, you have the chance to show your paper to a few hundreds of people um, around the world in in a conference. So I think that was very good motivation for me, mm-hmm. and uh, very very exciting. Um, also, it's important. I think in in my case, uh, like for I'm from Spain, and I did my PhD in Spain. So unfortunately, in Spain, we don't have many robotics opportunities um 
in the industry or in academia as well. So I kind of always had clear in my mind, like, okay, after my PhD, I may have to to move to another country uh, where where I can work in, in in these technologies in a in a better way with more resources, more people, uh, like more exciting atmosphere as well. Mm-hmm. So that's that's also important to 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 understand. Like, uh, if you want to work in these areas, you want to be in in a place where you have like a proper ecosystem of people and, and technologies around that will help you to to develop. Mm-hmm. I I I had the chance to interview actually several PhD students by now that work with uh, biomedical engineer or computer or um, computing cloud computing, and what fascinates me is, is that through a PhD you can both see the world like you can move and have. Uh, and take PhDs, but also postdocs in different places of the world, you can also get paid and you also learn. Like if you're a curious mind, it's just the perfect combination, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's not for people that, you know, you want to stay in your city where your family is or where your friends are, so where you have been all your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the, the exciting thing is like in research, you don't know where you're going to be like in three years' time. You may be in a completely, you know, now I can be in Europe, but in, in two years' time I can be in the U.S. or Australia or... Um, I think it's a, it's a global, you know, research nowadays, uh, at least in my field, but I, I'm also sure it applies to other scientific fields. It's, it, it's a global market, so... Uh, you know, science is global, so it's people from many different countries, and and you have uh, countries doing research. Uh, uh, so it's a lot of of mix. Uh, people coming from from different countries and different cultures. Got it. Um, what are the job prospects uh, for someone in that chooses this this um, this industry? Robotics and computer vision. How how do you think the industry will change? Would it gr- grow? Would it shrink? Mm, well, I think these days. I mean, if if you want to work hard and you want to 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 find a role in in robotics or computer vision or machine learning industries, it's a really exciting time. Uh, maybe 20 years ago, there were not so many not so many opportunities in the industry and most of the research uh, was done in, in academia. Uh, but now we have many companies exploiting these technologies into commercial products. Um, you know, we have robots in our houses. We're going to have autonomous cars. We're going to have like uh, drones for delivery. Uh, many, tons of applications and and, and, and many, many companies uh, so I would say, uh, like at least for people working in these areas, like there are going to be lots of job opportunities and very exciting projects in the next 30 to 40 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would say zero unemployment rate. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's too optimistic, but... Uh, I mean, sometimes you find like uh, for companies, it's very difficult to to recruit good people. And I would say nowadays you have more job opportunities in in, in these kind of industries uh, 
mm-hmm. than 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 good people. I mean, uh, yeah. it's quite amazing. But there are many startups, uh, many companies, um, and nowadays uh, there are many job opportunities. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could choose three books as a mandatory read for all high school, college students, which books would you choose? And it doesn't need to be from the industry or for the field. Just three books that you think everyone should read. Uh, well, I mean, I like to read uh, scientific books uh, quite a lot. Uh, Which one is your favorite? So there is one that is kind of like the Bible in robotics. So it's like uh, probabilistic methods in robotics. Um, so it's where you will understand how robots can navigate and, and you can understand the the underlying mathematic uh, principles for for like nowadays like robotics navigation mm-hmm. and also like um, like I like uh, biographies so recently I've been very uh, inspired by the biographies or Steve Jobs mm-hmm. and, and now I'm reading like Elon Elon Musk biography that's, uh, that's very good that's so it may, maybe it's not reading for everyone, but you know you get the or I get some understanding like of people that were extremely or are extremely crazy about technologies and mm-hmm. how they fight to to make those technologies a, a success in, in in the world. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you can also see the the the, the steps that that they approach and and things like that. So I can uh, I can also recommend you Thomas Edison. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 great to see the level of dedication um, that he had, and I think uh, um, I think for Elon Musk, Thomas Edison is a is like a hero. I think he actually said it um, once. And you like when you read the biography of Thomas Edison, and then you read Elon Musk, you you kind of see some patterns there. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, there is this phrase, no, like uh, standing on the shoulders of giants. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so yes, uh, it's always good to read um, about the the experiences of of leaders in in kind of in in this field and and research and and learn by their experiences and and try to get inspired and and see how difficult it is to. You know, to accomplish like um, to accomplish your goals and, and dedication, as you mentioned, is is really important in 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 this area and as, as many other areas in life. No, you you really need uh, dedication. Mm-hmm. As a friend, um, um, as a friend of mine said, um, and also I've heard it also in some other places, but it's like the harder I work, the luckier I get. <laughs> Yeah, that's also true. Uh, <laughs> I think that the important thing it's also you need to, you know, to get some fun and and enjoy what you are doing. And if you really love what you are doing, uh, uh, that's great. I mean, it's not like you said you think, oh, I'm going to work from nine to five, uh, and it's gonna be another boring day. So every day that I go to work, I think, oh, it's gonna be a very exciting day. <laughs> I don't know what time I'm gonna come back home because maybe I'm playing with the robots. Am I having so much fun? That... 
That's cool. It's like it's like being a kid for the whole of your life. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, just playing that's with things and just uh, yeah, that's cool. Very very good advice. Um, you know, life in general is is complicated in many different ways. So I mean, people spend so many hours at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you really need to work in something that you really enjoy and and you are excited about it. Otherwise, I think. Uh, uh it's it's really difficult yeah actually i was so obsessed a couple of years ago that i calculated the the hours per day that i work so i cal- uh, i i calculated okay from 24 hours i work that much i sleep that much i eat that much but how many hours actually do i have left for myself you know for my doing whatever i want to do And then I realized that, oh gosh, if I don't really do something that I think is meaningful and I have fun, you know, I kind of, you know, that you kind of, you spend more than half of your life working. So you, you need to take care that it's something meaningful for you, you know, something maybe helping other people with new technology, because if not, you kind of waste your time <laughs> yeah we should try to make the world a better place uh and, and and try to help people i think that's uh the goal that everyone should should keep in mind um mm-hmm. and not everything is work so we also have like a good balance uh do other things or the hobbies and do a sports or family time or friends time so so it's good to have a good balance between a, a work that you really love and, and, and the rest of your life and, and other aspects. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, can you recommend us some resources like uh, websites, blogs, podcasts, where people can learn more about computer vision, um, yeah, uh, robotics, or stuff like that? Uh, nowadays, uh, especially, I would recommend... Uh, There are a lot of online courses um, that some of, of the companies, uh, they also support. I think like few names that come to my mind, it's uh, Coursera and Udacity. Um, so these are, these are basically online courses that everyone can follow. They just need like an internet connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are kind of divided. Like, for example, there are courses in like uh, robotics or, or machine learning. Uh, And they are kind of divided into different lessons. So then you will have videos that you will watch and, and, and someone is explaining you, uh, the lessons and these kind of methods. And then at the end of each lessons, you always have some sort of exercises, mm-hmm. uh, that you try to, you need to try to do and pass to check that you have understood properly, uh, what they have explained mm-hmm. and kind of like you go on and go to the next lesson. And some of these courses and, and, and these resources are, are very good if you want to get some, some grasping of, of, of these areas. Mm-hmm. And also, like, um, I mean, for, for young students as well, if they, are, they try to be involved in, in communities, maybe from universities, um, for example, in, in Spain where I studied, There was like a kind of a, an association that was teaching robotics to students. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with your, you can build a, a team with your friends to build a robot. And then, mm-hmm. um, so they will teach you and explain how to build a robot with your colleagues. Then you will have the chance to build your own robot and then go to a competition to compete with other teams from students like, uh, sumo fighting 
or like there are like a, a speed contest and and things like that. And I think that's very um, that's very good for young students to to kind of like a have a first contact uh, with robotics and, and artificial intelligence and and also in the process they they have fun with with other friends and and then they compete. Exactly. How how cool is that? <laughs> with, you, with your robot to, to competitions. Yeah. It's, uh, um, what life lessons did you learn the hard way? Um, well, sometimes uh, you need to know to accept failure. Uh, sometimes things don't go in the way that, that maybe you have planned from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh and sometimes things don't work <laughs> so <laughs> you need to acknowledge failure and to understand and learn and become better for for the next time um it's also when uh, for entrepreneurs like when you are building like a startups um the chances of success of of your company sometimes they are very low yeah. uh so you need to fail once maybe fail twice and then the third time, maybe it can be a success. Uh, but basically, we just need to accept failure as, uh, as something that happens in, in, in a certain learning process to mm-hmm. achieve some goals. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. So um, it's, not, it's not the end of the world. If, if you fail uh, on, on, on some particular thing that you want to accomplish, and uh, you need to try to learn from, from, from that failure to do better uh, the next time. Yeah, I think as as long as you learn, you cannot call it failure, you know, because you you learn something. Um, what advice would you give to your eighteen years old self? Um, I don't I don't have many things to kind of to regret. Um, I will just tell myself, oh yeah, you know, uh, follow your dreams and and enjoy and have fun. Um. And that's pretty much what I've been doing. So, uh, oh, yeah. of course, sometimes time. you may think, oh, maybe I should have this thing better or I should have followed this program instead of the, this other one or study in this country or the other. But, um, well, in general, I, I don't think I have um, anything to, to regret about, uh, the choices that I have made. Mm-hmm. But let's say I will have a magic phone. And I will tell you, okay, Pablo, now I give you the magic phone and you can call your 18 years old self. What would you tell him? Um, well, I think, <laughs> I mean, from, 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 from my situation where when I was 18 years old, possibly I would have appreciated if I could have had more information about this, um, Technologies, or, or you know, kind of to have a mentor, or, or, or this kind of like podcast to to give me some more guidance. Um, because I, I, as I said before, like maybe Spain is not the best country if you want to to you know push your like a, an academic career or research career in, in robotics or artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, it's possible, but you don't have so many opportunities. So maybe like. I would have desired to have a better understanding of of the industry um, around the world, and you know, maybe decide where do I want to go to study this to a particular 
particular university because they have this program that looks interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And then if I study in this place, maybe I have uh, these companies or these research paths or options. Uh, MID was kind of like, uh, uh, you know, based on the opportunities and chances that I have in my own country mm-hmm. and always been excited about uh, these technologies. Um, but of course, if you have more understanding about what what kind of things are going on in each specific country or you have clear goals about studying in one country, um, you will be connected to to like a better ecosystem of people and maybe have better opportunities. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Um, thank you so much for sharing your experience with us and providing a lot of useful information. I have no doubt that this will be very useful for uh, for a lot of people listening. So thank you so much for taking some time from your Friday evening. You could have went and do so many other things, but you took the time to chat with me to to give a lot of good information to our listeners. Yeah, th- thanks to you. Uh, I mean, for me, it was like a, a pleasure to share a bit of my uh, research experiences and career experiences with you. And hope like uh, this will be helpful for a student that they want to to follow like a uh, similar paths in in their career. So I'm really happy about uh, uh, this interview. All right, you've come to the end of this episode, but don't worry, more episodes are on the way. Is there a job position that you want to know more about? Then don't hesitate to let us know. After all, that's why we're here. If you like the show, please subscribe and leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It doesn't take more than two minutes, and it really means a lot to us to know that you enjoy listening. Also, remember that on a 99 Corruptions website, you can always find interviews with people of different professions, and all the interviews are, of course, entirely free. You can also request a Q&A session, which is a great way to personally get a chance to ask questions to people who are already working in a field that you are interested in or want to learn more about. If you want to support us even more, we would love it if you could check out our Patreon page. By supporting us, you're not only helping us and making it possible for us to keep this show alive, but you're also supporting education on a global level and help bring opportunities in developing countries because a part of our profit will go to charity to work towards that. That's it for this time. Have a great day and see you next time.